You're listening to Focus on the Bible. D.L. Moody was one of the great ones. He was known for his commitment to share the gospel with someone every day. One evening, on a rainy day, as he was returning home, a man recognized him and approached him to talk to him. Ah, Mr. Moody, how many did you lead to the Lord today? Mr. Moody took a moment to think about it, and he said, well, there were two and a half, two and a half today. The man said, oh, so there were two adults and a child? Mr. Moody said, no, you have that backwards. It was two children and an adult, and the adult was half dead before I got to him. Is that good? Here's a man who agrees with the Lord Jesus Christ that children are important to us. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus Christ shows us how he values it when children would come to him. Verse 13 says, And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. So the disciples seemed to overlook the value of children. I guess maybe they thought that Jesus was too important for children, too busy for children. But Jesus quickly lets the whole world know that he's not too busy for children, that he highly values them. In verse 14 and 15, it says, But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And so the Lord appreciates children, and the Lord appreciates simplicity. It's often been said that the simple answer is usually the correct one. Do you agree with that? I do. So often the gospel of Christ becomes confused when we try and make it more complicated than it really is. It shouldn't be that way, should it, friend? And it certainly shouldn't be that way with children. I became friends with a man named Donald Bungie. Bungie was a very interesting man. He had played professional football as a wide receiver, and after he retired, he became the first missionary with a ministry called Awana. Maybe you're familiar with that ministry. Mr. Bungie and I swapped several letters and talked on the phone and had a great friendship for years before he passed to be with the Lord But he wrote me a letter and he told me, Freddie, we've had a wonderful 19 years with the Awana ministry, but we've had some challenges too. He shared with me, one of the challenges was I was doing a seminar for our Awana leaders in an area and the seminar was on how to follow up new believers. He said, and as I taught those Awana leaders in that whole area who would lead their programs in the local churches, We took a break and a lady came to me and she said, this is wonderful that we're talking about following up new believers because the first time I believed, no one followed up on me. He said, to make matters worse, another lady joined our conversation and she too said, the first time I got saved, no one followed up on me, but when I really got saved, someone did. He wrote to me, Freddie, I stopped both those dear ladies and I asked them, well, when you say when you first were saved, what do you mean by that? What happened that made you saved? 
He said neither one of those ladies had an answer. They couldn't explain what had happened that made them saved. He wrote to me, Freddie, as I drove home that night, I thought, if this is where our leaders are, where will our children be? Don't overlook the young ones. Let me give you five quick reasons why, friend, that it's so important to share the gospel and share it clearly with young ones. Number one, the young ones among us haven't had time to become cynical. There's so much cynicism in our world. Don't you agree? Don't you see it all the time? But when they're young, their minds are still fresh and they haven't had time to grow a heavy, thick skin around them that will be so cynical against faith in God. Number two, those young ones readily receive simplicity. Now, when we talk about the gospel, friend, we should always be referring to a very simple message because clearly in Mark chapter 10, Jesus thought that children could understand how to enter into his kingdom. And in fact, the way that children go in, in their simplicity, is the only way that anyone older than a child will go in. The gospel is a very simple message, but when we pitch it too high, our children can't reach it, nor can adults. We only make the thing more complicated, but children readily receive simplicity. Reason number three why it's so important to not overlook the children is Jesus loved them coming to him. Number four, when we share the gospel with a child and if they trust in Christ as their savior, they have more time to benefit from knowing the Lord and they have more time, their whole lives still in front of them to have ministry themselves with the gospel. Oh, now maybe in the audience there's someone who thinks that children can't have ministry with the gospel. Oh, yes, they can. One of the stories that came out of a recent tragedy was that a child that was involved, who's no longer with us, had used her final moments in sharing the gospel with a friend. Children can absolutely have ministry with the gospel. That is, if they know the simple gospel. People often say the gospel is so simple that a child can understand it. I tell people the gospel is so simple that a child can explain it. And I've seen it happen many times. Reason number five to not overlook the young ones is they are the future. Not only do they have more time to benefit from knowing the Lord and more time to be in the ministry of sharing the gospel, but they are the future. Listen, today's young ones are tomorrow's adults. Today's youth group, tomorrow are the church leaders. Blink and they grow up. The numbers have recently come out that said in the 50s, 70% of Americans had a home church. Today, that number is less than half. It's in the 40s, 46%. So people are not identifying with church as much as they used to. This is a great opportunity for us when we don't overlook the young ones among us. I hope that you're one of the blessed ones, that you're one of the fortunate ones 
that has the blessing of young life around you. Maybe you're a grandparent or a parent. Maybe you're a volunteer at the local sports recreation center. Maybe you have the great blessing to be a Sunday school teacher. And maybe you have an opportunity coming up at this year's Vacation Bible School. Oh, that's a joy. You have a very precious opportunity, friend, to not overlook the young ones. Could I share with you a couple of things that are very important whenever we have opportunity to talk to the young ones about the gospel? Number one, please keep it simple. The gospel has become so complicated in modern times. In the Bible, you just don't see the complications. Jesus had a conversation with this man, Nicodemus, under the cover of darkness and So many common things today that are associated with people, quote, being saved, just are totally not in that gospel conversation. Nicodemus wasn't supposed to confess his sins. There's not a word about that. He wasn't supposed to walk down an aisle. There's no aisle ever mentioned in that story or in any other gospel story in the Bible. The idea of walking down an aisle to be saved in a certain area of the church building is completely foreign to the pages of the Bible. And how, how sometimes even jokes are made about people having white knuckles as they grip the top of the pew in front of them and fight. Against. Look, friend, there's no idea of that in the Bible. When Jesus talked to the woman at the well... There's, there is no mention that she needs to get on her knees and close her eyes and pray something in order to be saved or walk down an aisle or walk anywhere or join anything. So many things complicate access to salvation. And yet the Bible is so simple about this matter, so simple that a child can understand it in the Bible. It was so simple, so pure, so easy to understand that Jesus took your sins. He bore it in his own body, died for it on the cross, and rose from the dead to prove it was real. If you'll put your faith in him, not in your own works, not in your own goodness, not in your righteousness, but if you'll put your faith in him, if you'll believe in him, He'll give you eternal life as a free gift. How complicated is that? It's so easy to understand. And yet, if we make that a complicated thing, then we shouldn't be surprised when they grow up believing that God is complicated. And knowing that you are saved is almost an impossibility. So please, friend, if you have an opportunity with the young ones around Please keep it simple. Don't try to impress them with your vocabulary. Don't try and use big words on them. Don't try and impress them even with your Bible knowledge. Though we may know a lot of Bible, that's not an excuse to use all of it in a gospel conversation with a child or anyone else. If you notice in the Bible, the gospel conversations are always short. They are short messages between two people or more, and they're not complicated exchanges. 
And we should keep it simple whenever we have the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with a child. Here's my second point for you. If you have a great opportunity with a young one, remember in your gospel conversation the word believe. This is what bothered Donald Bungie, my friend, so much in his ministry that he often found that in the churches and in the youth ministries that they didn't use the word believe in their gospel conversations. He noticed in his life and ministry that the word believe had pretty much been stricken from the message of the gospel and other words were put in in place of the word believe. The problem with using other words was he noticed that often those other words were human effort kinds of words. Words like surrender don't belong in a gospel conversation with a child. Here's why. It may be very confusing. The idea of surrendering is not the same as the idea of believing. Let me ask you this, friend. As Christian as you probably would identify as, are you completely surrendered to the Lord? Or don't you find that this is a daily decision in your life to surrender often, maybe every day, maybe even every hour, we should surrender anew to the Lord. But now that is not the same as when Jesus told Nicodemus to believe in him and have everlasting life. Use the word believe because that word is the dominant word of scripture. Let's go to the Bible in John chapter 3. And verse number 36, John the Baptist is sharing the gospel. Now, his message to the Jews was a bit more complicated because they had become cynical and cold towards God. But now when John tells the world how to have eternal life, here's the way he said it, John 3:36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. When Paul the Apostle preached the gospel in Acts 13, verse 38 and 39, watch him use this word. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things. Tell them, friend, to believe. Focus Evangelistic Ministries is happy to announce that our Grace Farm Youth Camps are registering campers right now for our summer camp events in Dewey Rose, Georgia. If you have students in your family or church who need a solid summer camp with meaty Bible teaching and loads of fun, you can register them at www.gracefarmonline.com. Grace Farm Youth Camps are growing tomorrow's leaders today. We also hope you join us again next week as we focus on the Bible.